0: is jimmy scroggins and i'm the lead pastor of family church in south florida welcome to the church for the rest of us podcast on our podcast we're committed to giving you scalable ideas that you can use with the resources you have right now at your church so welcome to church for the rest of us Hey, welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here high atop the office complex in downtown West Palm Beach at Family Church, also known as the third floor in the little podcast room. I'm here as always with co-host Leslie Bennett, also joining us by Zoom from Family Church, Pastor Ray Underwood and also Pastor Willie Rice from Calvary Church over in the Clearwater area of Florida. And today we're talking, continuing our series on a multi-site church for the rest of us. And every week I talk to pastors and ministry leaders who are looking for ways to plant new campuses or churches, and they're being presented with opportunities to create mergers or strategic partnerships to take Two churches and turn them into one church. And that's why we're talking today about what we at Family Church call strategic partnerships. Some people use the word merger. Some people use the word acquisition. Some people use the word adoption or whatever. But around here, we use the term strategic partnership. We believe that's what they are for us. And as always, these opportunities allow us to go further, faster with the resources that we already have. And our experts today are pretty incredible, Leslie.
1: They are. So thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Ray Underwood, Dr. Willie Rice. And I just wondered if you might take a few moments and introduce yourselves to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about your family and your ministry. Sure. Okay, go ahead, Ray.
2: Man, I married my high school sweetheart from King's Academy, Janet. We've been married for almost 43 years. We've got three kids, Raymond, Janelle, and Philip. two grandkids, Blake and Bryce. And without a doubt, that is the best. I wouldn't mind getting rid of the kid, just keep the grandkids. That's That's awesome. right. <laughs> and my role is I'm the chief encouragement officer. What I get to do is I get to encourage pastors every day. And I just love that. I just get to be an encouragement, believe in them, get behind them, support them. And also I work with Jimmy with our strategic partnerships.
1: That's right. All right. And Dr. Willie. I'm Willie
3: Rice. I'm pastor at Calvary Church in Clearwater and been here 17 years this wow. past or so. It's time flies. And Ray did a great job introducing his own family. We have three kids. They're all married and five grandkids and ah. one away. So soon be six. And we're very, very grateful to God for that.
0: Now, Willie, this isn't your first stop at Calvary, is it?
3: Well, I was a kid here. You know, I grew up here. Uh, so I was a teenager and ordained to ministry, licensed to ministry as a kid here. So I, I kind of had a history in that regard. Hadn't been the pastor here or served on staff here, but, but had a history, a long history with Calvary. My wife actually got saved in this church, which is kind of a cool story when she was a teenager. So we actually met here when we were teenagers mm-hmm. and then kind of dated in college. And, and so, you know, we, we have a lot of love for this place and a lot of equity with our life in this place.
0: Yeah, that's a really, really, I love that story, Willie, that you're able to pastor and lead at your home church and you've done so, so brilliantly and successfully and God's really used you and you're one of the leading pastors in our state in Florida for sure and around the nation. And so just so glad to have you on here today. I'm glad that I can call you a friend and it really is a, a joy to be friends. But Willie, tell us a little bit about your church, like just the kind of Calvary Church, how it works. I know you guys have multiple campuses. Tell us just a little bit of the story of how you guys got all of that going and what you're doing, because you have a big vision also for expanding your footprint over there in the west side of Florida.
3: Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. We we kind of stumbled into it. We have two other campuses. So certainly there are people that have a lot more than we do and a lot more experience than we do. But we have our, 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 our church, again, is a historic church in Clearwater. We're actually legally the first Baptist church at Clearwater. That's our corporate name. It wow. started by Calvary Baptist Church in the 1920s, and now it's just typically known as Calvary across our area. And so our church has that kind of that historic, you know, even was downtown when I first got here, much like West Palm, Jimmy and you inherited. We relocated in 2005 out of our downtown area to the east side of Clearwater in a very strategic place really right in the entire Tampa Bay region. So it's been a great run. And somewhere in that, you know, first 10 years, we had an opportunity to open a north campus in a very strategic part of the county. It's kind of a long story but Calvary actually still owned a piece of property from a church they had tried to plant going like way back into the 80s. It was not very successful at that time and it was going, you know, it was Just a kind of a fledgling work, so we kind of had we saw other people doing multi-site, and we thought, hey, we need to have a vision. It's too strategic a piece of property. It's too strategic an area. And while while the church was autonomous of us, we own the land and the property. So we began to kind of negotiate and help them transition. And gosh, I guess it's been I really don't know. It's been like eight, nine, ten years now maybe eight years that we launched our East Lake campus, which is due north of us. So we just, we spent a couple of years. We're not the fastest guys. Like we don't just, you know, we (laughs) took our time and we, we studied it a little bit and we studied other models. We didn't even like all the other models we were studying. In fact, we kind of, studied some models of people doing a lot of multi-size. We came back and thought, you know, I don't know if that's us or not. But when we finally launched it back about eight years ago, we kind of went all in and God has really blessed that we'll have almost a thousand people a week coming to that campus, you know, somewhere between 750, a thousand on any given week when you put in all the kids and, and everything. And then a couple of years ago, we had another opportunity to open a campus. And the vision you talk about was a vision that we, we came across about five years ago that was part of what we called our X-150 vision. And it, it, it was a vision for multiplication and expansion. And part of that was a vision to embrace multi-site as one strategy. We also wanted to plant churches. We wanted to embrace multi-site as one way to impact our local area. And our dream was seven campuses in a 10-year period.
0: All right, and so you're going at, now, how, now you have an additional campus also. How'd that one get going?
3: So in that in that part we've added this Third campus, and that kind of came about since we launched that vision. And that one came about, it's really what you're talking about today. There was a church that was uh, not even in our network. It was what people know as an independent Baptist church, so it wasn't in our network.
0: Oh, I know uh, what that is.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know what that, <laughs> and But they were down to about 20, 15, 20 people, and they heard about our vision to plant other multi sites. And they actually reached out to us through a contact to say, hey, would you be interested? in in this area. It's, it's the area known as Seminole in our county. And it really wasn't our top priority for an area. But boy, when the door opened, we went down there and looked and we thought this, you know, this is a really interesting opportunity. And so we ended up, as you Describe having a strategic partnership with them where they really came under our umbrella and under our organization. And uh, we launched Calvary Seminole and that's going well. And since that time, we've had a a lot of other interest. In fact, we have two right now that we're working on. We're not prepared to talk about it publicly in terms of where they are, but we've had two other churches that right now have already voted to kind of align with us and and launch Calvary campuses. So it's kind of taking, getting some momentum there.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how that happens. And Raymond, you've been a part of all this. I mean, again, building partnerships is not really your job. Your job is to encourage and bless pastors and help network and strengthen churches in our area. But as a result of that, we do have some conversations from time to time. And you've been a part of several of these where we've created these strategic partnerships. So I wonder, Ray, if you think about, just talk a little bit to our listeners about how those things typically start. How do those conversations start in in our experience? I think they are
2: founded upon what i call the secret sauce of strategic partnership which i'm going to be talking about at the conference by the way so now that people listening they won't need to come to the conference at least no they need to come
0: family. to the conference church for the rest yeah, yeah. of Us conference right. february 10th church for the rest right. of good plug right. ray okay the secret sauce and the secret sauce i really feel
2: is authentic relationship building and it has to be authentic you've got to genuinely be interested in and yeah. pastors and churches in your neighborhood and genuinely want to help them with no strings attached. And as you build them and you encourage them, you help them, naturally those conversations come up. And, yep. and naturally you begin to see, churches, that you there's a lot of kinship, there's a lot of relationship, there's a lot of common missional calling, common DNA. And so those
0: those conversations begin to surface to the top. Yeah, that's so That's so important because I think people call me from around the country. They probably do the same for you, Willie. And they'll call and they'll say, hey, basically what they want to know is like, how do you talk all these churches into giving you their stuff? Right. And the answer is, <laughs> I'm not trying to talk anybody into giving us anything. That's not the point. The point is, you know, the New Testament has a principle that, that uh, stronger churches should fund and strengthen mm-hmm. new churches and struggling churches. And that's what we want to do. And there's a lot of different ways that we actually do that. That are not limited to creating these strategic partnerships, but Leslie, as we do this, we found that there's some good reasons to start these conversations and have these conversations. I wonder, Willie and Ray, if you guys have a thought about what are some good reasons that churches might want to create these kind of relationships? Let's let's start with you, Willie.
3: Well, I think and by the way, I echo everything Ray said right there because that that it comes out of just showing you care about people regardless of what kind of relationship you're going to have and investing in and in just helping churches in your area. So, I 100% agree. I think the good reasons to do this are kind of what you just touched on is a biblical principle, Jimmy, which is when churches are struggling and there are, let's just be honest, there are some churches that are struggling This may not be the reason in every case, but it's in a lot of cases, and they've kind of entered a spiral of dysfunction, and and that's not a shot at anybody. It's just, it's accumulation maybe of a long run. Maybe they've had some some bad pastorates. Maybe they found themselves in a changing area, didn't know how to adapt, And, and, and it's a series, it's almost a negative momentum that puts a church in a place where they don't know how to get out of it. The magic, if there's a magic bullet churches have thought of it's. we're going to hire the right pastor, you know, (laughs) well, that does change things quick and it can be one of the big change agents, but a lot of times churches get into such a negative spiral. They can't, they can't get that pastor. The pastor that could lead them out of that isn't even drawn to that because there's just so much negative momentum. And so one of the good reasons to have these strategic partnerships is when a church finds itself in a negative spiral and they don't know how to get out and they see a church over here that has momentum and resources and is committed to a multiplying vision. Isn't just trying to build a name for themselves, but is committed to a multiplying vision through, like Ray said, genuine brotherly relationships, those things develop. And I think those churches that are struggling say, hey, this is how we could immediately change the game. We could immediately change the scene for us Mm -hmm. if we could align with a church that is healthy, has resources, has leadership, and then can bring to bear the kind of leadership and resources that that church needs to turn from a negative situation into a positive situation.
0: Matthew, that's so Mm -hmm. well said, Willie. And Ray, we've experienced some of that. Some of the churches that we've created these Mm -hmm. partnerships with have definitely been struggling. But we've had a few that also, I would say, joined up with us for a different reason, including Palm Beach Community Church, which you planted and founded back in the 1980s, right? So I wonder if you talk a little bit about why churches might want to connect, not primarily maybe because they're struggling or dying, but maybe just out of vision. And that's it. It's
2: vision. It's a desire to, to have greater regional impact. And we find, I would say half of our, yep. I've done 12 strategic partnerships with you. I'd say half of those, if not more, have come together more out of vision and desire to have greater regional impact than because they needed it. And even a church that might be struggling financially, or we have several churches that are struggling in their ministry and growing but they got a million dollars in the bank, right? you know, right. so they could, they could, they could continue on doing what they're doing, but they want to live for a grander vision. They want to reach more people for Jesus Christ. So I think the greatest reason why you should entertain partnership goes back to that why question. I get stuck on that why question. And can we go further, faster, longer together or apart? And you got to wrestle with that and figure that out. And if you really can accomplish more for God's kingdom working together, then by all means, you ought to start having the conversation and, and looking at it. And sometimes the answer to that is not always yes. Sometimes the answer is no. You can't go further faster than get You're better to be a part. And that's okay. And that's good.
1: Yeah, that's what we were going to ask next, Ray, is there are times when you might decide not to partner. So are there some good reasons why you might, like Willie, you mentioned you've had churches approach you. Have you looked at certain situations mm-hmm. and say, there's some reasons why we would not partner at this time? What would those be?
3: Well, I think if, when you're not aligned in vision, that's that's the reason. If, if a If a church, and again, I'm thinking about the situation where maybe they are struggling. If a church is struggling and they think that a strategic partnership is this panacea. It's a cure-all. It's a magic bullet that all we need to do is join forces and this other church is going to send resources and people and bingo, everything's changed. Well, it's about vision. It's about alignment. And I think the number one reason not to partner is when you don't share vision and you aren't willing to fully align. So we've had several come to us And whatever they envisioned by strategic partnership, you know, what they envisioned, you know, what they were thinking was, hey, let's just turn this thing around. But they really weren't willing to get beneath the service and do the hard work and give up control of some things and shift the big vision around to get healthy. And therefore you choose not to partner. So mm-hmm. that's a good reason not to partner. When you don't share vision, you don't share alignment. And when somebody is just looking for, it's like a Hail Mary pass. Mm-hmm. Like let's right. call Jimmy and Jimmy will send a hundred people our way in a new piano player. Well, that <laughs> hundred people in a new piano player ain't going to do it. Cause first of all, you can't send those hundred, but you could, first of all, it's not like we're Kings. I can send a hundred people. They ain't, They're coming back the next week when they go and realize, hey, that ain't the same vision I've been a part of. And, you know, and the piano player is going to, you know, she's going to quit too. So you have to have alignment in vision and values and mission in order to make a partnership work.
2: And I think I'd add to that. I think some churches, they have a unique DNA. They have a unique calling. And that's, that's, God's given that uniqueness to that church. And they probably should just continue on, on their own because of that uniqueness. So there really has to be a common DNA and and there's nothing wrong with that but I I find yep. some of these churches they got just there's a uniqueness about the pastor, a uniqueness about the church and they're being effective and fruitful. I think of one church that's growing like mad that we've had conversations but he loves preaching through the book of Revelation. That's part of the DNA of that culture of that of that church. That's not necessarily
0: <laughs> our, part of our culture. So you know it won't be a good it, it won't be We still believe in the, in the book of Revelations heart. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, usually. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do occasionally. All right, so so as we as we're in these conversations, let's see. Sometimes we get in these conversations, and there's some particular challenges that sort of just show up repeatedly as we've done this over the years, and. You know, some of those make it really tough.
1: Yeah. So sometimes you get down the road and maybe it's you're not going to move forward. So obviously there's you know benefits and then there's some pitfalls of partnering. So you've made the decision to partner and now you've gone down this road. What experiences have you had that have either been benefits or maybe some pitfalls you've experienced as people are thinking about whether or not to, to engage in this kind of ministry?
3: Well, I'll jump in and say, so let's... It benefits and pitfalls. I mean, the benefits of it are that you can share certain resources, obviously, and that you don't have to duplicate everything so that you have churches that enter into strategic partnerships and they don't have to duplicate the administration. And depending on how you do the preaching assignment, sometimes you don't have to duplicate that. Again, there are many, many different models on that, but you're able to share resources and therefore kind of have a synergy that allows you to go further faster. The biggest pitfall, for us has been staff alignment and it's just been finding a way i think to me anyone who says this is easy organizationally either hasn't done it or they're locked to you or maybe they're just smarter than we are but there are always tensions in a multi-site orbit of that kind of go on this continuum of autonomy and freedom to control and uniformity and whatever your model always a you know, uh, from one to ten, there's always a little bit of a tension there, and even whenever you think everybody's on the same page, well, some guy may be a four, and the other guy's a six, and and you're, and then in a decision that gets executed, you're wondering, hey, wait, wait, wait you're, you're pulling away. here, trying to do that a little differently than we want you to do it. Or, or, you know, we need you to show more creativity that those are the things that have to be worked out. And sometimes you don't even know where the stress points are going to be until you do it, until you have a strategic partnership. And all of a sudden you find out, hey, why are we going to different youth camps? Or, you know, like who told you to do that? And you go, you come back and say, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. So I think it's, to me, that is the biggest pitfall is finding out. I don't think there's a perfect answer here either, Jimmy. And I think you would agree. There's no one right answer. It needs to be completely in control or completely autonomous. The thing is, everybody's got to be on the same page and you got to have alignment and you got to agree. This is our model. This is how we're going to run together. And and then, then when issues come up, we're going to work together to figure out where do you have autonomy and where do this, they need to be more centralization?
0: Yeah, that's right. We call that the standardization customization debate and it yep. never ends. And we've been doing this a long time and we're still having it like every single day. So that's just, I think that's just a conversation you have to manage. How about you, Ray? What are your thoughts there? I just think the biggest pitfall is you gotta have a lot of good communication,
2: which that's what Willie's saying. If you communicate really well up front, you you lay down clear expectations, you don't overpromise. We haven't experienced a lot of pitfalls. Maybe we've been blessed, maybe we've been fortunate, maybe we just been lucky, but man, it we've seen the benefits. We've seen, you know, synergy, we've seen greater regional impact, we've seen you grow and develop your, your pastors and your staff more. You know, I look at John Stepp, worked with the guy for eight years. He's flourishing now in this model. I see it takes people and it gives them a chance to work with more people uh, around themselves, and they just grow, they just develop, they excel. so I, I haven't I don't know the, the the pitfalls. I mean, I think the pitfall is if you're the type of person who's nothing wrong with that that got to call all the shots, well, you're, you're not in charge like you were before, but you shouldn't go into that relationship. It's kind of like getting married. You got a husband and wife and when you make a commitment to a marriage, you make a commitment to mutually be submissive and and mutually support one another. And it's the same thing. These partnerships don't work. If you're, you know you're you're self driven and not other centered.
1: I just love the fact that the chief encouragement officer can't see any pitfalls. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ray's always looking up, baby. I love that about you, Ray.
1: The glass is yeah. always half full,
0: it, and it really yep. is. Well, one of the one of the things that as you think about this customization standardization pitfalls and 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 benefits is challenges. what's that? Challenges. Yeah, yeah. Challenges. They're definitely in, in my mind. The challenges kind of really fall on the top level of leadership in the organization because mm-hmm. the communication falls on that group or that person, the mm-hmm. The strategic decisions to get there, even some hard things fall on that group or that person. And, and what I find is the biggest challenge is going multi-site is just a whole lot more work. And so it's harder. And I just want to say, like, if you think that being multi-site will make your job easier, It won't. It'll make it harder because you just have more work. And, And I don't know how Willie's church is built, but like at our church, I don't own stock in family church. I don't own a piece of the action around here. So it doesn't really matter how big we get or how many sites we get or how much our real estate's worth. At some point, the church is going to say, it's time for you to retire. And they're going to throw a little reception with some punch and cookies. And I'm going to be handing it off to the next guy. I can't give this to my kids. I don't get to you know cash out somehow. And so all I'm getting, if I don't believe this is the best way to make an impact for Jesus, there is no way, no reason to take on all this extra work. I mean, don't you find multi-site harder, Willie?
3: Yeah, I think, and you and I talked one time about the, just meetings and, you know, nobody goes into ministry to do meetings. We, you know, we didn't answer the call. Oh, boy, I get to go to a lot of meetings. But, and as Ray said, communication is the key. Well, communication involves structured communication. And we have all seen meetings that didn't need to happen. But in a multi-site setting, there's going to have to just be an intentional process of collaboration that is structured and baked into the formula, however you do it. So in that standardization, customization debate, as you referenced it, it just takes leaning in and working and being intentional. I think if you just Think it's all gonna let you work out, then then you will be surprised. So I do think, more work on the top level leadership.
0: Yeah, how's that work in your marriage? It'll all just kind of work. Out. No, you got to be intentional and figure it out. That's right. Well, this, can I fun. add?
2: Something? Oh yeah, can I add something there, Jimmy? I, I really feel this is the genius to me of a multi-site. Multi-site forces you to work together. And I really believe that we are better when we work together. We're not necessarily just better together. We're better when we work together. And the whole model itself, it puts you in an environment where you have to collaborate. And when synergy takes place and love takes place and relationships take place and you have to work together, you end up with a better product. You end up reaching more people. So it's, it's hard. It's hard as heck at times but it makes you better and the organization is better family church is better as a result of all this but it's it's work so we are better when we have to work together your model the model the acts model is it it forces you to have to work together no that's definitely work, a benefit
1: That's so good. All right. So this is church for the rest of us. And we do talk to a lot of people who are thinking about this, and they might be in a small or medium-sized place. And so what is one piece of advice that each one of you would give to that person who's considering an opportunity to partner with another church? What would you say, Willie, to that person?
3: Well, I would say there there is no substitute for clarity in terms of expectations, in terms of vision, in terms of communicating between potential partners. There is nothing to be gained by bait and switch here. You know, you talk about you, you, we don't have to think raise it. we don't have to go around and say to a lot of churches, we're not begging churches to join us. honestly, we've had more conversations where we go, hey, that's probably not going to be the way we go down so I, I just think that. You know, I would just say clarity of communication up front. These are the expectations. This is the vision. And to lean into that, that's just what has to happen to make this work.
0: Hey, man, that's so right. So I have a friend of mine who's involved in these conversations from time to time, and He's he's always doing what I call sugarcoating the the challenges that might be ahead, and so yep. I'm I'm probably air on the other end of that conversation. So he calls me the sour So he <laughs> says Jimmy's always sour these conversations, but I'm like you. I'd rather I'd rather sour coat it on the front end than be accused of being dishonest on the back end.
3: Just be good. brutally honest, and because it if, if, you know it nothing is to be gained here by hiding. It will just be too hard, and there'll be yeah. too much pain. So I think if you on the front end really lay out, this is who we are. This is what we're doing. We're in two conversations right now, as I said, and I've had conversations with lay leaders in those churches where I almost, if you were in the room, you might've thought he's trying to talk them out of it. I wasn't, yeah. I was just trying to say, this is what you can expect. And they were like, we're voting tonight. And I go, well, no, 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 you can vote tonight, but we're going to take a couple of months and we're going to look at, we, we got to state two or three things. Because I'm going to tell you exactly what we're going to do here about, you know, whatever questions they were raising. And that's just the way we are, because we want it when it's done. Everybody knows exactly what we're doing and how we're going to work it out. So just clarity on the front end, better off not to do it than to walk into it with expectations that don't align.
1: That's good. What about you, Ray?
2: Man, first of all, Willie, thank you, man. It's been great getting to know you. <laughs> this, this has been fun and you've
3: been a lot of fun. You've got a lot of energy. Well, um, I see the encouragement officer right so i'm gonna call
2: one piece of advice to give to a pastor or church planner who's considering an opportunity to partner outside beside the obvious of praying and fasting seeking counsel i think you really need to get to know the person or organization you're thinking about partnering with and what you're looking for is what willie's talking about i call it missional alignment if you don't have a strong sense of missional alignment man when i got to know jimmy I was aligned missionally. I was going the same way he was going as far as trying to reach people that were far from God and try to grow a church to have regional impact. Our hearts were missionally aligned. And so I knew I wanted to partner with this guy. I want to hitch up with him. So I, I think the number one thing you're looking for in those relationships is can you, you know, it's kind of like hiring a staff member. You know, same thing. When you hire a staff member, you want to make sure there's common DNA. You want to make sure that you just enjoy being with each other. And if you don't enjoy that, that church or that organization, walk away. There's always another opportunity.
0: You know, it's really funny you say that, Ray, because I remember, you know, you and I were friends for many years before we, our our churches ever created this strategic partnership. And you're actually the one who's just so, Ray and I used to meet once a month with five pastors of five other relatively large churches in our area. And Ray just throws out one day, says, guys, I've been praying about something, thinking about something. What if we took all of our churches and what if we turned into like one church? What if we organized together? So instead of you doing this and you doing this and you doing this, we're all the same heart and theology. What if we all decided, let's do this together. We can aim all of our guns the same direction. What if we did that? What would that take to make that happen? And if you're interested, I, I'd like to talk more about that. Of course, I'm the only one interested. I'm like, hey, I'm interested in talking about that. The rest of the guy's like, no, 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 no. So then Ray and I start talking. What was awesome about it was it was Ray's, I, Ray's the one who, I would have never suggested that to Ray, but yeah, Ray's yeah. the one who says, hey, what about this? And then it turns out, look around, we're, we're the only ones left in the conversation. <laughs> 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 that was pretty cool. That's
1: good. All right. What about you, Pastor Jimmy? Do you have one piece of advice?
0: Yeah, I think, I think I just echo what Ray and, and, and Willie said. And, and I really just think keeping the mission of Jesus at the forefront. And the, and the real question to ask is, if we create a partnership, w- would we reach more people for Jesus better, faster, stronger as one church than we would as two separate churches? And if the answer to that question is, you know, I'm not really sure, or no, I don't know that we would, then don't do it. It's too hard. It's not worth it. Find other ways to encourage one another. But if the answer to that question is yes, yes, I'm almost certain we would reach more people for Jesus, better, faster, stronger together as one church than we would as two, then it forces you to to work out all of the details and the other points that you have to kind of figure out and negotiate because if the if you're going to do a a, a have a bigger great commission impact as one church than you would as two then that's why you should do it and there's really no other reason to do it at all. Hey, I want to thank so much, Ray, for being with us today. Thank you, Willie. So admire both of you, and I'm grateful to call you both friends. And I want to thank our listeners for listening today. As we mentioned earlier, it's not too late for you to register for this year's Church for the Rest of Us conference. You can register at churchfortherestofus.com. We have a great lineup of workshops. It's all made possible by some great sponsors like the North American Mission Board, reaching North America and the nations with the hope of the gospel and the Florida Baptist Convention, whose sole purpose is to come right beside Florida Baptist churches and pastors, like all of us, and like my friend, Willie Rice. This conference is February the 10th. It's going to be gorgeous in South Florida that day and where you live might not be as gorgeous that time of year. So come <laughs> hang out with us. Willie doesn't count for you. It's just as pretty in Clearwater I right know. <laughs> Join us next week for a conversation with Jim Tyberlin, whose book, Better Together, has inspired a lot of what we are doing when it comes to strategic partnerships at Family Church. You don't want to miss it. I'm Jimmy Scroggins signing off for Leslie Bennett, Ray Underwood, Willie Rice, church for the rest of us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to check out familychurchnetwork.com to chime in on our blog or follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins. We wanna connect with you and learn from you because we're in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us.